It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone and welcome to today's Passion to Succeed podcast show. It's Craig White, your host as always, and I'm, I'm really excited today to bring to you a, a really amazing guy, someone that really, the success over the years fascinates me and, and inspires me. And, and I want to introduce you to a guy that um, is an award-winning author and, and also the most acclaimed chef I've ever set my my eyes on and, and become aware of. And, it, and it's a real privilege to, to introduce you today to a really great car, guy called Chef Charles Carroll. Uh, Charles, re- well, massive welcome to our show today. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm uh, really a uh, pleasure to be here. All right, so it's a real, real pleasure to have you on board. Hey, look, um, you know, it's great uh, as a show, we really do look to seek out you know, passionate individuals in their field, Charles, that, that can really share some some insights to to really raise the games and, and raise the beliefs of the, the possibilities, I guess, that lie within us, around us and before us. We've got an amazing community of listeners and I, and I really do feel um, that we've got a phenomenal show ahead today. Um, just looking at what you've achieved over over the years, you, you've won over 90 awards, both nationally and internationally in this this chef environment. I mean, that's just amazing. How, how, how's that even come about? <laughs> well, <clears throat> thank you, Craig. I, I've been blessed uh, to be uh, surrounded by some really super people and individuals and, and, and some really cool opportunities. I guess the awards all kind of started with the Culinary Olympics. And now a lot of people don't realize there's a World Culinary Olympics, but it happens every four years, uh, just like the Sports Olympics. And it's probably just as grueling uh, as a, um, a chef because you're working 60, 70 hours in your current property and then you're going to work another 20 or 30 in preparation of, of the Culinary Olympics and you're traveling the world and competing. Um, so after that, I mean, just so many other things. Uh, as you know and probably a lot of the listeners know that once you keep pounding on doors and, and raising your hand and, and volunteering and what I, what I like to say is chewing off the table to do whatever it takes to be successful – you know, things just keep coming your way. And, and, and so we're, you know, I, I'm just real fortunate in that respect. Uh, it's amazing. And, and, and as you, as you said, you know, I mean, I certainly wasn't aware, even become being an ex chef myself, you know, many, many years ago, I wasn't aware of the, the culinary Olympics, but I mean, what, what's fascinating is on your, your first culinary Olympics, you, you actually achieved the, the gold medal, which is just fantastic. So well done. And then you, you've been, uh, I've been, I believe, associated with, with eight, further um olympic games in the in the culinary field for what, over the last three decades so you've really had an impact in that environment i guess yeah so you know it's once it's in your blood as they say you know it's hard to get it out and and uh, I, I was obviously i started out as a competitor and then competitor into a coach coach into a manager and then a manager into a kind of like an ambassador or a uh um, advisor. And then, then after that, um, I was blessed enough to be a judge and that's kind of like the last page in that. And, and that, uh, cause it, you know, that there, there's usually around 30 countries that compete. Um, and, and, uh, so that there's only one or, or maybe two judges from the United States. So to be one of those two, 
that that's uh, it's a great honor. So I, I hold that pretty uh, pretty close to my heart. Well, I, and, and rightfully so. And you were also obviously the president of the World Association of Chef Society, which is a society over 105 you know, countries worldwide. So that, that, I guess, is in recognition of your contribution and, and ability in, in all areas of this, this culinary field. I mean, how did that feel? What was, what was the role of, of being the president of this association? Well, I, I uh, finished my term uh, last September, but um, in my case, Craig, it was kind of like uh, sitting in the wrong chair at the wrong time when the music stopped. <laughs> but um, it, uh, you know, I was I was involved with World Chefs, and, and it's a beautiful, it's an incredible organization, and I encourage people to go online and find the World Chefs Association. And uh, it is it's not too many organizations you can be a part of that it is worldwide. So that's exciting. And uh, I was involved, uh, um, actually, was in charge of their congresses, which is every two years. We just had our congress in Greece last year, and the next one will be in uh, Malaysia next year. And um, and then I went from that being asked to be vice president because um, the vice president's uh, uh, wife was taken ill, and and so I didn't really want to get into the politic end of it. I like I like uh, providing the members with the show and the education and being involved that way. And uh, so, I, I long story is I said yes, and and um, and then then the, there was a situation with the president where he had to step down, and and so there I was holding the reins. Uh, so it wasn't anything that I that I petitioned for or actually ran for, which is the typical way for that uh, organization. Um, but I am very proud of what we were able to accomplish, and and um, uh, you know it's pretty special. You know, Craig, as you probably know, and you as you know, tip, dipping your toe in the water with uh, being a chef, that you know, there's no better better way to have friendships. Uh, we sit around the table and break bread and have a glass of wine, and and uh, so our our doors are always open for other colleagues from around, you know, anywhere. Uh, they can visit at any time. That's just the hospitality in us all. So now I have, I'm blessed to say, I have friends in 105 countries and. That uh, and if I don't know somebody in that country, I can pick up a phone call and have a c- contact within an hour. So that that was the the biggest reward a guy could ever ask for is is the the friendships that I've that I've uh, I've uh, taken on over the last two years. I I can understand. I mean, obviously, the quality of our life certainly lies within the quality of our relationships. So a great opportunity to find, discover, and build new friendships. I guess. Yes. Hey, I mean, you're you're still really contributing on a on a higher level. You know, you you as you said, you're still, I guess, chewing the chewing the the corner of the table off and, and working hard on your trade and and contributing not just to that culinary market but to a wider market now. I mean, you're. You're a you're a sought after speaker. You're a, you're an award winning author, but you, you're still working as an executive chef at one of the most prestigious uh, country clubs in in the United States at the moment, I believe. Yes, in Houston, and actually, uh, as as everyone probably knows, that we've had a challenge over the last two weeks with the hurricane, and and so we're getting through that. And traffic is still tough, and there's a lot of people. You know, there's over a hundred thousand homes affected. But yeah, we're in Houston, and and. Uh, um, it, it is one of the top three busiest clubs in the United States, and and I love it. You know, I have a I have a team of seventy five that are that are in my kitchens. I have uh, six wow. kitchens, and three restaurants, and and we do roughly between eighty to hundred parties a week. So it's a busy operation, and um, and I love teams. I mean, I learned I learned how to build teams, you know, very at a very young age, and and I have a lot to 
you know, I have a lot of people to thank for that. You know, the American Culinary Federation, the Chefs Federation here, and being a part of all those Olympic teams, uh, you quickly learn um, the the qualities and strengths of, of being a part of good teams. And, and so I, I'm very grateful for that and all the people before me. That's fantastic. I mean, talk, talking about those qualities and strengths of, of being a part of a team, but also the, the leadership. I mean, is there any any particular principles that you can share that you've learned over your years? And, and I want to go back in a moment as well to kind of where it all started. But, you know, looking mm. at some of these qualities and strengths, what what would you feel would be, you know, areas of focus and, and habits that people can create to be a, a great team member or even, you know, start to develop their leadership skills? Well, mm, you know, I have a million of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess... I guess if, if I had to, if, if I'm kind of relating it to the culinary field and the Olympic teams, you know, to get on an Olympic team, uh, and, and I guess it might be somewhat relatable in the sports arena, uh, to get on an Olympic team, you're competing usually as an individual uh, in a lot of competitions to gain enough points and, and uh, to qualify uh, to even get on Olympic team. And then if you're, you're lucky enough, uh, and talented enough to get on the United States Culinary Olympic team, you then are now a member of a team and not not an individual uh, effort. So that that's a, a lesson you need to learn real quick. And it has has it's the same thing in the business world today. That at the young as you start out as a as a young individual, you're trying to get that great job. You're trying to climb the ladder. You're trying to get into the you know, to a, a company and be successful in that company and you're doing it individually and eventually you're going to get that, that supervisor job or that title or the corner office or whatever it might be. And I think it's all relatable because, you know, once you get there, you're no longer an individual. You're no longer that person trying to claw or, or uh, you know, climb the ladder one rung at a time. So my, my biggest lesson there would be you know, you, the the more the more people that you grab a hold of and bring along with you, as you're climbing that ladder, the more successful you will be, and and um, and and to learn that it's okay to hire somebody more talented than you are in certain areas of the, in my case, the kitchen or wherever. You know, trust your people and listen and listen to them. I have six kitchens. I can't be in all of them at the same time. And I can't be that in all of them during service time. So I have to hire really great people, let them run their kitchen and get out of the way. My job is to make sure they have everything they have to be successful and listen when they have something to say. The, ne- the second thing I w- and I'll, I'll say to that, Craig, is, is uh, uh, you know, if, if and sometimes in, in our field, you know, you'll see on TV a lot, you know, the chef has, you know, it's my way or the highway or this is the way it's going to be or the Gordon Ramsay's or whatever the case is. Um, you know, I think those days are obviously long gone, but there's still some out there. But the, the more that you listen to your people and you sit around the table and they, they're throwing around these ideas, you have a particular uh, problem or, cons, you know, uh, issue at hand and you go around the table and you listen to everybody's input on it. And then you collectively decide uh, what direction you're going to go from there. Uh, and it may be your idea and it may be somebody else's idea. But the more you start listening to everybody else and, and, and take their ideas in, the more they are vested in the project and the more that they'll have your back at all times. And, and for the times I've been traveling on Olympic teams and traveling with the World Association and Chef Society, you know, I've had to step away from the property 
quite often. And, and, um, and I feel really good about my people that they make good decisions because I listen to them and, and they are vested in the program. That's fantastic. I mean, it's fascinating because, you know, I look at what you've achieved so far and there's something that, that's really stood out for me and it, and it just, as you were, you were talking, you know, briefly a moment ago about obviously the, the challenges in Houston at the moment. And it just made reminded me of the contribution you had, you know, you know, many years ago now. Um, where I say many years, I think it was maybe six, seven years ago, where you you was responsible for um, assembling a team and mm. and going and cooking five thousand meals in the war zone of Afghanistan. And obviously, yeah. you've you've um, you know been presented with the honourable order of the Saint Martin Award, which is just phenomenal. And you know, to think, I guess, from humble beginnings, which I'd, again, I'd like to discuss with you in a moment, but to come from where it all started to then being able to have such a phenomenal impact, a, a, a level greater than yourself. I mean, how did that come about? It must surely be one of your proudest moments. Oh, it's by far, by far the most special time in my life, other than, you know, my family and my wife and kids. And uh, by far the most, I'm getting goosebumps just listening to you talk about it. And, 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 and Craig, I just want to, before I forget, I just want to, you hit on something that's powerful and it shouldn't be overlooked. When you're a part of something bigger than you, you know, if you're, if you're chewing off the end of the table, you're, you're ready to jump off a cliff and you want to do this thing, whatever it is, it, whether, you know, it's a business or it's a project or if it's Afghanistan, if you make it not about you, you make it about somebody else or something else, a bi- something much bigger than you you'll find that doors will swing open left and right and forward and backwards and uh, people just bending over backwards are trying to help you because you're trying to do something good. You're trying to touch people's hearts. You're trying to do something special way bigger than you. And and that's that's really a key thing and shouldn't be taken lightly. Afghanistan, you know, we the first time – I've been there three times. The first time I, I went, we went to Bagram Air Force Base, 30,000 troops there. And uh, it's not just U.S. troops either, by the way. They're from all over the world. Uh, it's a NATO uh, uh, organization. So there are troops from everywhere. And we fed 3,000 troops a Cajun Korea meal, and we gave away a couple of ton in gift, and we put on three, what I say, Vegas-style shows. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. The second Please. one uh, was in uh, was uh, um, in Kandahar with 35,000 troops and, and, and every single one of them carrying a live weapon 24-7. And, and, uh, and that one we did five ton of gifts. We fed 5,000 troops and we did seven, uh, five shows, five shows total. And, and when I say shows, they were, uh, the, the big one was a seven-hour show. Uh, we had 30,000 pounds of show gear that we, we, we brought with us. And then, of course, all the all the gifts, anything from cigars to iPods, music, movies, visine, socks, shooting guns, uh, energy drinks, um, anything that would, you know, those kind of things. And uh, and we gave away a lot of hugs. Uh, it was just um, it was very, very emotional. And we got we had a lot of presidents messages and it was, it was a okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was a, it was a big thing. And how how did how did that even come about? Where did that idea come from? Well, a friend of mine, uh, Chef John Fultz from New Orleans, one one year he asked me, "Hey, uh, I'm thinking about going over to." I was asked by a general to go over to Afghanistan and feed the troops for the Fourth of July, and he said, "Do you want to come with me and help?" And I said, "Sure, of course." 
And that fell through because um, some other planning, uh, actually the vice president was going over, so they, they, they nixed the, the trip. So ever since then, it was in my head. And so, um, the, so I started putting it together myself. And it got big. You know, it was supposed to be go over there, feed the troops, and do a little ham and egg, you know, cooking demonstration, have some fun. And it turned into 20 celebrities and 10 support team and five, you know, all all the things that I, I already discussed. So it was it was huge. And and the majority, you know, the first time I raised 185,000, and the second time I raised 265,000. It was called Operation Hot. A lot of great uh, <laughs> video footage on my website, by the way. Some really outstanding video footage. Honoring our troops, and um, yeah, so it uh, it's it's uh, one of the most special times of my life. Well, I, I can see why, and you know, the hairs on the arms of myself are standing up because I think that kind of just that level of of giving value to others and, and making a real difference. You know, when guys and 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 women are, are you know miles away from their families in, in a war zone or. Mm. You know, whatever level it is, I mean, what you've contributed there is phenomenal, and, and to go and make a difference, and I can I can almost visualise the, the the empowering hugs and gratitude from from everyone, you know, to contribute and to receive, and it, and it's just phenomenal. And you know, one of the the things that sits really well with me, Charles, is the whole the whole message of the Passenger to Succeed show and and the business that's developing is really to be able to take a mindset of contribution to the world where it's needed. Um, and, and that's, you know, at the beginning of such a, a phenomenal journey. So it's really inspiring seeing that. And it's just, you know, I think, you know, focusing on value without need of, of you know, compensation is just so, so important. Um, so, yeah, just really, really privileged to be speaking to you and I'm really pleased that you were, you, were, you know, you were awarded the, the honourable, uh, you know, order of, you know, the St. Martin yeah. Award because that's, you know, fully deserved. So to go real right back to kind of humble beginnings, where where did your interest in, in food and, and cooking come from? Because, you know, from my little, you know, dip in the water, so to speak, when I was early, I kind of stumbled from a pot wash into, <laughs> into a chef and, and, and mm. loved it for the period of time. But how, how did it start for you? Where did the interest come from? Well, I grew up in a country inn uh, in Vermont, a New Englander, as they say, and my dad, my mom and dad own the inn. And uh, so when you're a family-owned business, as many people know, you're, you're working eight days a week, and, and uh, that's it. And, and so first, second, third grade in school, you know, you're shoveling snow, setting fireplaces, you know, filling bars and lugging ice, and you're doing all the chores and helping people to their rooms. And and then at third grade, I just started cooking. My dad's a chef, my brother's a chef, and and it's really all I, you know, you you know, I was, you know, it's one of those, you know, those gym rats kind of thing. I was always at my dad's ankles, and I was, you know, just want to do everything my dad was doing, and and uh, so uh, that's how it started. And then I went to the Balsams Grand Resort Hotel in New Hampshire, and 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 uh, I became chef there. Eventually, I'm a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Um, and then I uh, got a position at Oak Hill Country Club, a very famous golf club in New York. And then I was recruited to come down here in Houston. So I'm proud to say I've only had three jobs in my career. And, uh, and that's, that's somewhat rare uh, in, in our field because you used to see chefs moving around a little bit. But uh, I've hung my hat here and the membership here is amazing. We have 1,700 members. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're, our family's really taken to Houston. Sounds like you're doing a fantastic job, Charles. It really does. So, obviously, I mentioned briefly at the beginning of the show that you're an award-winning author, and, and you know, two of the books that you've you've already written are "Leadership Lessons from a Chef," "Finding Time to Be Great," and "Tasting Success: Your Guide to Becoming a Professional Chef." 
your, how, and I, I want to talk about your new book as well in a moment, but the personal passion that you have, mm. uh, you know, that personal passion, how has it underpinned your success in, in all you've done, but then I guess taking that message to the masses outside of this culinary environment? Well, it's a great question. You know, in, I really love where I am in my in my career in my life. You know, mostly because right now uh, I'm trying to pick projects that I really want to do. You know, I've been, you know, being a part of so many different other things, and because you you know you're successful at a couple, then all of a sudden the invitations are flying your way, which is flattering. Um, but um, the the books. You know, I, I have a lot to thank for the Olympic teams for learning about teams. And, and at a very young age, um, I was building teams at the Balsams Resort. They had a great apprenticeship program. And when when you see these people be successful and they see how they grab a hold of you and you help them with knowledge and help them be successful and make it about them attaining their goals, all of a sudden the kitchens, the teams, just they just – they just blossomed and they thought so much of me and the, the, I mean they would they would do they would jump in foxholes and fight the battle at any time that's just the kind of situation I was in and it was such an amazing feeling so so I just kept going with it and and so the kitchens that that I was in charge of we had a really tight bond and then uh, um, then I was inspired by a book, and I was reading it on the plane in, in, in January. I was going to my dad's, uh, my mom's birthday, and I got off the plane, and I told my dad, I'm going to write a book, and it's going to be called Finding Time to Be Great. And uh, and I knew nothing about writing a book, and this is a great lesson too, by the way. And um, and my dad says, uh, oh, good for you. Get in the car. Let's go. You know, I said, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm going to. Now, fast forward <clears throat> over some really cool stories. Um, by by uh, July, I had a contract uh, with a uh, publisher, wow. uh, which is which is amazing. And and you know I had what I thought was a book, which it wasn't a book. It was a bunch of pages, and and someone they came to see me. Or actually, three publishers were in an audience when I was speaking, and um, they saw each other. I didn't know who they were, and they said, "Well, we better sign this guy." So it was really a fluke how I got signed, and. Uh, and and uh, but what's cool about the book is being used in over 40 schools all around the all around the world, parts of the country, um, is, is that it's written by a chef in a kitchen, and uh, and it, the, the title is so true. You know, how do you find time? How do you find time to be great? How do you find time to build your teams and help others? Because some days it's just we can all all we can do just to get the food out. And uh, so that's how the book is written, and sometimes it's in your face, and that's what the students love about it, and that's what the professors love about it, because it is written by a chef in a kitchen, and sometimes he tells you, you know, like it is. He, he gets right in your face and says, hey, if you want to do something, you got to get off your butt and, you know, mm -hmm. and do it, you know? And um, so from then, my most favorite, I do a lot of speaking and uh, all, over the, all over the world, and, and uh, one of my favorite things is speaking to students. And when I was doing the tour on the first book, I, I would ask the students, you know, what do you want to do when you graduate? And nine times out of ten, I would get the answer of get a good job somewhere. And I was like, oh, my God, what a terrible answer. And so that's why I wrote the second book and, and uh, to help. And it's written for students. Um, um, it should be given to them right when they start school with their uniforms and their knives and, or any student. And it helps them attack school. It helps them attack the next two or three years that they're in school so they don't waste their time. So when they graduate, they, at least they have an idea of what avenue they want to be in. Where do they want to go? What kind of person do I want to be like? It, it helps them with those decisions. 
I'm, I'm so you know so you know excited to hear that then books are, are, are being used in schools because again it sits really well with me I've got two beautiful young daughters and, and I've seen how my journey of personal development over the last 17 years has, has really changed myself but obviously then it changes the environment that we create and I know I was lucky to have great parents that like you mentioned before yourself but I think the world as a whole um, you know, it's that, that age group of, of children when they're so influential that, you know, to, to be able to get that message of leadership, to mm. finding time to be great and teaching, teaching kids values and, and strengthening <coughs> their character and their belief really does sit well with me. So that's, that's just phenomenal. And again, a passion of mine to be able to, to influence that environment too. So I absolutely love that you've got them in schools. And, and it, that, that really takes me to um, your, your, your existing book now that you've just written. And, and amazingly, you know, you've, um, and, uh, you've co-authored with a, a great guy, uh, John David Mann, which I found out recently talking to John Charles that um, he co-authored a book, which was the first book that I read that set me on my personal development, self-development kind of plan over the last 17 years. So how, how did you come uh, to, to work with, with John on this new book? <laughs> it's a good story actually uh, I, I like telling people that um, you know he he found me on Facebook and he was he was after me and he he heckled me and for you know on and on and on until I finally said okay I'll do a book with you which is actually just the exact opposite so I, I like giving John <laughs> giving John a hard time you know Brilliant. John John's the, you know he's the man he's 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 the he's a pro he yeah. is a pro he has 20 some odd books he's a seven time eight time national best selling author I mean I'm over the moon blessed and to be even considered uh, to be a partner with him. And uh, so I had, again, I wrote another book. I, I had eight or nine chapters of it. And, and so I pinged John on Facebook and, and lo and behold, he responded. I was like, holy cow, he responded. And, 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 and I, I was the same thing as you. I read uh, uh, The Go-Giver and, and it was a gift, a gift to me. And I end up, uh, we end up sharing it with all our managers here at the club. And so I end up having John down as a guest and he spoke to our members. And, and then uh, I said, hey, I said, uh, you know, take a look at this. What do you think of this? I have this idea. And, you know, the recipe is a book that we've done together. And yeah. my God, I mean, I, I couldn't have had a better partner in this. And so this is, I'm going to tell you one sentence. And every time I tell this to all our, my friends or, or on a show, automatically the light bulb goes off. It's about a young boy who loses his dad at a young age. He's mad at the world. He's mad at God. And he gets himself in a lot of trouble, and he is then uh, uh, mentored by a crusty old military chef, and um, who sees him getting in trouble. He pulls him in. In every chapter, it's a life lesson. In every chapter, they cook something. And food has so much. There's so much about life in food. Mm -hmm. And food is inv involved in everything we do in life, whether the, whether it's uh, celebrations of birthdays or, or weddings or holidays, or if it's the celebration of life uh, of a loved one. Or, or so, the food just reflects so well, sits so well with with everybody. So, the book is really special. We do actually have some movie interest, which we're really excited about. It may not mean anything, but you, you know, I think Craig, by now you know that I'm a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And um, and I originally wrote the book with the idea of, of it becoming a movie, um, and that's a big lesson to your listeners out there. You know, all my life I pushed, I pushed, I pushed, I pushed, I've chewed, I've pounded, and I know as sure as I'm sitting here today that if you keep doing that, 
And I know you have some people out there. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You've worked hard and you you were successful. No, they ask, how do you do all this? How how are you successful? And this is my biggest. If if anybody leaves your show today, and and they learn something, let it be this: is is that you know you never give up. You keep pounding until you accomplish what you want to accomplish. And sure, you're going to fall on your face several different times. But what that is is just a. I'm not going to be clicheous or anything like that. But what that means is. You, you now need to look a different direction to accomplish what it is you want to accomplish. And, and the secret is you, you dream about something and you got you to make a decision, am I going to jump or not? Am I going to jump off this cliff and do this thing or not? Yeah. And then if, once you jump, you, you, you got to get started. That's the biggest thing is get started. Get started. And what, what did I know about writing books? Nothing. What did I know about John David Mann? How can I get connected with him? Nothing. I, I reached out. I connected. I pinged with them. What do I know about Afghanistan? Absolutely nothing. Was that easy? No, it wasn't easy. And now we're working on podcasts and working on a TV show and working on a, making the book become a movie. What do I know about the movie business? Absolutely nothing. But I've had 80 meetings in the last 10 months about it. So I know a, a little bit now. And so those dreams are slowly coming true. So, you know, you can sit on your in your couch at home and you can make a decision you know am, am i am i going to sit there and wish i could be like that guy on tv am i going to sit there and wish i could be like that author or that whatever it is that you're thinking about or you're going to get up off your butt and do something about it and that's the biggest secret is get started yeah that's brilliant i think dreamers move mountains but you know there's so many dreamers in the world and <clears throat> it's good to know that you know there's people out there that are leading the way and you know as you said just taking that first step and and continue and I think there's there's a congruency that that you know I feel you know f- speaking to both yourself and John that you know you you very much are your message as well you kind of live breathe and uh, I guess walk your talk which is just really really great to see so so th- this book the recipe it's a story of loss and love and the ingredients for success which you're sharing some ideas with us and what are the the ingredients for success that are shared in this 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 book that you know, um, I really do hope becomes a, a movie as well. It'd be such a great story um, to share in the future. Um, but what what's the the ingredients for for, for greatness? <laughs> well, there's lots of them. Uh, some of it which we've kind of already touched on. Yeah. Um, but you know, the well, one of them is that we kind of touched on a little bit is about building your team, and that that's one of and and what's what's really cool about the book is. It is a beautiful story. It, it, it is, um, there is life lessons in there. There, there are some chef's rules and chef's rules of living and chef's rules for the, for the kitchen. So there is uh, some, some of those things in there. And there's also, uh, also some recipes at the very end, which is kind of unique. So, um, uh, in, in fact, John and I just did uh, some filming. We made eight or ten short films. And we're actually cooking the food. So those, those recipes are going to be available as bonus material for anybody who purchases the book before October 17th. So that's kind of a bonus, kind of behind-the-scenes thing and cooking with John and I. Wow. Um, but, uh, so that's another fun project there. But um, building your team we touched on earlier is, is one of our rules. And, and uh, it's, it's all about, again, hiring people that, are, that it could be uh, more uh, talented than you are. Don't be afraid to do that. And... and, and uh, you know, put your hand on people's shoulders and, and have conversations and listen. Be a good listener. Um, another one that uh, we really like is, is you know, to cook with honor. Um, 
it, there's you know you, the, there's the saying in the book about being you know great with being great and 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 being excellent you know what's the difference between the two and and uh, so you know you can do something pretty good today you can do something excellent today but can you do it with honor can you do it all the time it was kind of the idea of what do you do when the lights are off what do you do when people aren't looking are you that are you still that same person are you still that same uh, guy or gal can you do it with honor all the time consistently so we talk about those types of things in there and and um and then pay attention to the little things and i think i was going to mention that to you because i i saw one of the rules was you know pay attention to the little things and you know you hear this so often how does that how does that you know transcend into the kitchen but then also not just in the kitchen to everyday life of, of paying attention to the little things so the the big things do take care of themselves what's the well there's a couple of analogies to it is let's talk about the olympics for a second you know the the you know you get a young person fresh out of school who wants to be in the colony olympics team thinking oh, i want to do the centerpieces i want to do the pulled sugars i want to do the beautiful you know these big arrangements i want to get the gold medal and so the, immediately they want to jump from the ground to the like the fourth floor without having to go through all the basics and all the all you know learning what it takes all the different cuts the craftsmanship it takes to get there they just want to immediately start doing those beautiful centerpieces and kind of things and you can't do that without learning the craft first and then in business or in anything you know if you if you if you aspire for these wonderful goals these really great things you know these big you know at the end of the at the end of the rainbow there's you know there's a certain amount of success or the payday or the or the money or the awards or whatever the case is but th those are the big things that's that's the that's the rainbow but don't worry about that stuff don't worry about the end of the rainbow what you got to worry about is the beginnings the 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 stepping stones the the basics because you start doing wonderful things at a young age you start volunteering for every everything. If you start uh, raising your hand and, and, and getting on committees and doing things, again, going back to what we said before, that are bigger than you. Don't make it about you. Uh, just, just do the right thing. Make the right decisions and be a part of everything you possibly can and network. The big things will come. They'll take care of themselves. They'll come your way. It's like the story that Joanne King Herring once told me. Um, and, and, and she was a very famous uh, woman here in Houston. And, and she was portrayed by Julia Roberts in Charlie Wilson's War. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, Julia Roberts played her and Tom Hanks played Charlie Wilson. And, and what she told me is she said, Charles, you got to pound and pound and pound and pound on the door until you get in. And then you're going to finally get in that door. And, you go to the, and then you go to the next door and you realize it's locked. <laughs> and you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be upset. And you're going you know, to be upset. Most people turn around and go home, but you keep pounding and pounding and pounding. And when you finally get to the end, that last door, you open it up, you're going to realize all the doors are now open for you. Every, you can, you can have the opportunity to choose which door you want to go down. And I know that to be true as sure as I'm sitting here today. And, and, and you got to work hard, mm -hmm. work, work hard and, and, and get off your butt and do something. If you're not happy about something in your life, you're not happy about your weight, your you're, you're not happy about where you're living and, or who your partner is or who your friends are. You're not happy about your, your end results in your job. If you're not happy about your job, whatever the case is, if you're not happy about something, get up off your butt and do something about it. Stop complaining and just get off your butt and do something about it.
He's easy for some and not so easy for others, I guess. I mean, human nature more often than not to go down that path of least resistant. But I think, you know, the more the more we consume and the, the more we strengthen our environment, it's certainly going to make a positive difference. And mm. obviously you working in the, you know, with students and in schools, it's where it all starts because the, the children are the future of the world very much. And so... I'm really excited to obviously grab a copy of you, this new book, The Recipe. Uh, it's out on the 17th of October. You mentioned uh, when people uh, purchase a, a pre-order, uh, they, they're going to get access to these bonuses. Can, can John actually cook, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what I think, Greg? I think the only reason why he said yes to this project because he knew he was going to eat good for the next couple of years. So. <laughs> But, uh, no, he did, he he. When we did the demos, uh, uh, he was he was a professional eater, and I was the cooker. So, uh, but John loves to cook, though. He's a he's the real pro because in any of his books, he tries to live like the person in the book. So he he did a lot of cooking at home, and um, so he he did a lot of that work on the side. And uh, we're real proud of the recipe. It's gonna be a, it's an amazing book. It is out now to, uh, for pre purchase, and that's how they can get access to those videos. So they can go to Amazon. And uh, or um, or the uh, ingredients of greatness. Ingredients um, of greatness. So I was going to ask you as well because you mentioned earlier about the the Las Vegas style videos on your website for people to get a bit, bit of an insight mm-hmm. of what you actually did out in Afghanistan. Is is which website is that? Is that is that the ingredients of greatness website as well? Or no, no, chefcharlescarroll.com, chefcharlescarroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot com uh, is where you can find everything basically. Um, and, and and links to the book and everything else. So that's probably the easiest one to remember, chefcharlescarroll.com. And then uh, it'll have a link there for the, the ingredientsofgreatness.com as well for the book uh, and everything else. So we're proud of it, and uh, we, we're getting huge reviews by everyone. And it's very, very emotional. Once you start reading it, you're going to be, you're gonna be uh, sitting there for a while because it's hard to put down. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get my hands on a copy. Uh, I'm really, really grateful for you to spend some time, some of your valuable time with, with us and here at Passion to Succeed and, and the listeners. Um, so I'm very pleased. You know, one final question. You know, is the, you know, the book itself. You know, obviously you, you're a, a, an award-winning chef. Um, you, you've had a lot of impact. Is it in some way a, a story of your life? Is it, is it connected <laughs> a little bit to it? Is the, the things that you've you know, experience is it in some way an autobiography, or is it you know is it something quite fresh, or is it influenced by both? <laughs> well, it's 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 a good question. Um, there's so much in there about my life, but it's not a it's not a, a true story about my life. It's about a lot of stuff that I've seen or done or been a part of. Um, you know, there's you know we talk about Afghanistan. Well, we we kind of rebuilt that you know through a major flooding out west. But well, now now. That major flooding story is now true because you know we are feeding first responders, we're feeding you know, families that are displaced here in in Houston. So that's now a true part in the book. Uh, we talk about the White House. I've been to the White House several times and and uh, you know been been honored by some of our presidents, which is which is very humbling. Um, my dad owned a diner in Vermont, in St. Johnsbury, Vermont. That's where the the idea of that diner came from, Mapletown Dinette. Um, and so that, so yes, there's, there's so many truisms in there and about, uh, about, so there is a lot of things about me or that I've seen or been a part about, part of, um, the names of some of the characters, you know, or my mom and my aunt who actually were waitresses at the diner that kind of thing. So it's fun. I mean, you know, you kind of, 
that was why it was so fun to write the book because it just pours out of you. You don't have to go do the research on it. You know, it just it just poured out of me. So, well, I, I you know I think you know listeners are, I really do feel and this is going to be a great book to get hold of. I mean, I'm, you know, my journey I found certainly uh, in in the early days I was finding you know story related books enabled you to kind of get wrapped up in the story but be empowered by the message behind. And, and I think that's, you know, was the beginnings of my personal development and enabled me to become, you know, a successful entrepreneur over the last 17 years. So, so Charles, I'm forever grateful. Um, thank you very much for giving us some of your time. And um, I bid you a, a fantastic day and really pleased uh, that you, you're obviously having that impact in, in the, the Houston area now as well. So um, good luck in all you do. And thanks again for your time. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate, and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people. Music.